Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You know, with all the talk about impeachment, the Democrat debates, and this continuous stream of tweets in the political world, I don't know about you guys, but it does seem to me that the U.S. is in quite a mess. And Europe and the international markets are still in the doldrums economically. And are you aware of this, that the U.S. market is close to an all-time high? All of it, you know, it just keeps right on up there at the top. But I've got a question for you. How is that possible? While the market is near all-time highs, it's also not much higher than it was in January 2018. So why so little progress? That's my question. We're going to find out today. Rusty Leonard, investment manager and president of Stewardship Partners, is here to answer that question and to share his expectations of the economy and the stock market for the rest of the year and 2020. Also, we have a special guest today. In the studio with me is Ronnie Tullis, president and founder of Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. Now, Ronnie is someone that has dedicated his adult life to sharing Jesus with the intercity of Memphis, Tennessee. Making a difference, that's his focus in the lives of those that need someone to offer them a hand up and not just a handout. You do not want to miss Ronnie Tullis this morning. He has a great story to tell you. And you'll want to hear it and appreciate it. You'll want to definitely be a part of that program, this, the later part of the program. From our Did You Know files, I attended a seminar recently focused on retirement planning. And I read a study from the Transamerica Center of Retirement. The center published that 49% of 5,923 workers surveyed in the fourth quarter of 2018 believe they will celebrate their 80th birthday. Now, here's the best news. 14% of those workers surveyed believe they will celebrate their 100th birthday. I'm impressed. That's amazing. Optimism. Way to go. Fantastic. Those 14%. I think it's, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but celebrating my 100th birthday, that's a challenge. And I'd be pretty good. And recently published from the Treasury Department, I think most everyone knows that the United States government maintains financial records. That's not a surprise and has been maintaining those records since 1789. That's almost 230 years. As of the end of May 2009, the United States government has a national debt or had a national debt of $11.3 trillion. Now, here's where we might should be just a little concerned. At the end of September this year, 2019, the U.S. government has a debt of $22.7 trillion. And I'm going to ask Rusty Leonard, our guest coming up, what he thinks about the U.S. government accumulating as much debt in the last 10 years, $11.4 trillion, as it accumulated in its first 220 years, $11.3 trillion. Should be an interesting discussion. I don't think you want to miss his answer. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And to find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial and be sure to like us on Facebook. Coming up, 
Is the national debt a crisis? What can we expect for the rest of the year from the market? And what is the outlook for 2020? Rusty Leonard is our guest. Also, Ronnie Tullis of Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. You do not, you do not want to miss his story. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Neither Security and Financial Services, Inc. nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Rusty Leonard, Stewardship Partners Investment Council, Inc., Ronnie Tolos, or Ronnie Tolos Evangelistic Association. The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty Leonard and Ronnie Tolos only, and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Security Financial Services, Inc., or Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest today is Rusty Leonard. He is the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners, a frequent guest of ours, an investment manager. And Rusty, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Rusty, you know, I had read in the monologue about the whole idea of this debt, this 11 Point four trillion in the last ten years. Now, I, I guess my question for you: If we're at twenty-two point seven trillion today, I, you know, is this something? Is this a crisis? Is this something we should be concerned about? I mean, it obviously we should be concerned about it. But we're at. What's your take as a person who does this every day, managing money, and it's doubled in the last ten years from the last two hundred and thirty years? Is it going to double again in the next 10 years? <laughs> well, sir, after listening to the Democratic debate last night, I think it may more than double <laughs> the yeah, election, right? <laughs> I agree. I heard the same thing. I'm thinking, where are we, how are we getting this money? <laughs> so uh, so that's a risk. But uh, so I'm of two minds of this. Uh, I want to give both. Obviously, in an ideal situation, uh, we'd be sitting with cash in the bank, savings for a rainy day as a nation, and not have any debt whatsoever. And given how wealthy and prosperous a nation we are, uh, you know, we, we should have been able to pull that off. But uh, politicians being what they are and voters being what they are, uh, these things, um, you know, you can see it's easy for the politicians to increase spending on this, that, or the other thing to buy themselves some votes. And you end up with the situation we're currently in. And as time passes, the politicians realize, hey, you know, we, we got reelected last time. Let's do this again. So ideally, you wouldn't be in this situation. You, you wouldn't run, want to run your household this way, right? But at the same time, we are a usually prosperous nation. And as long as we stay that way, which is a big if, uh, we can handle this debt. It's not something that is uh, – that's why the markets aren't freaking out about it or why it's not as big a topic as it probably should be because we can pay the interest charges, especially in this uh, environment with low interest rates that we have right now. And uh, we can carry it, and it's not going to break the back of, of the uh, U.S. government at this stage of the game, even with that big increase over the last 10 years. This country is so strong uh, financially that it can handle it. In fact, many, many other countries are far worse off than us in this regard. And, uh, you know, their, their uh, citizens should be more worried than we are. But nevertheless, I'd be happier if we didn't have it. And, you know, at the beginning of that 10-year period, uh, we were paying it down. We were reducing the debt. We, had, we were running surpluses. 
sure it would be nice to get back to that uh, situation. Yeah, I guess it's not the beginning of that 10 year, maybe back about 20 years almost. But. Right. Now, that makes a lot of sense. The reality, I guess, is we it is a fact. I, I, I think in, with that mindset, there's the world, when we talk about Europe, the international market seems to be very, I said earlier that they're in the doldrums, they're sluggish. The world seems to be kind of what in a mess. You've got negative interest rates now in Japan. But the stock market, our stock market, is very close to all-time highs. Give me some insight into that. I think a lot of our listeners go, if everything else is bad in other places, how are we doing? Why are we doing so well? Well, as always, it's uh, just a a between it's the relationship between supply and demand for stocks and uh, one of the big things that has happened over the last 10 years again roughly speaking is that corporations have bought back a lot of their stocks if you look at the statistics uh, you see that uh, investors and you know individual investors corporate investors have actually uh, taken down their exposure to stocks to some degree but the corporations have been so they've been sellers on on balance uh, not by a lot but by some and on balance the corporations have been buying that stock from them and from others and helping to push share prices up. Again, uh, U.S. companies, unlike the U.S. government, U.S. companies manage their, their affairs pretty well for the most part. And so they're in a position where they can buy back their shares, and there's been a ton of that. <laughs> billions, hundreds of billions, trillions maybe. I can't. I don't even know what the total number is over all the years, but it probably is in the trillions, uh, of stock being repurchased. And so that's helping prop up the market. But again, just like with the economy overall, with the you know the debt situation that the U.S. faces overall, if we go into a recession, which is something we're going to talk about here as as we move along today, um, those all those things that look good right now suddenly don't look as good, and that that you know that debt will look you know much more intimidating uh, that the U.S. is carrying, and those corporate share repurchases they'll stop or at least slow down dramatically, and that. So those two things are, you know, could affect the market. So whether we go into a recession or not is an important question. Well, I guess I want to talk about that in a minute. But I was reading something recently, and I, you know, I'm, not, I'm going to try my best to quote it accurately. And I, I'm just uh, there's a couple of numbers here, and I'm not going to get into the weeds. But I read where ten years ago, I believe it was that we had like eight thousand, you know, stock company. I mean, publicly traded companies. Today we're down at forty four hundred. I mean. Does that, does that make that's sense? Right. That, yeah. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if the numbers are accurate, but the, the trend is correct, right? So there, there has been a, a dramatic decline. There's been a big growth in private financing, uh, off-market financing. Uh, once you get onto the market, of course, there's all kinds of regulatory burdens that you bear, you bear. So a lot of companies are going to the private equity market for funding and uh, instead of going to the public equity market for funding. So you've seen it, uh, you know, between the acquisitions, you know, companies being taken over by others and the lower number of IPOs of new companies coming public, you've seen that uh, decline, dramatic decline, really, in the number of public companies out there in the U.S. Does that affect the market? Does that because there's just fewer stocks to buy? Yeah. Yeah, that helps, too. That makes <laughs> sense. exactly right. They're still the same. The same pool of money, right? There's still yeah. a large pool of money that needs to be invested, but there's fewer opportunities to, to invest in. Okay. Well, I guess let's talk about recession. It's on everybody's mind. It's You can't hardly pick up the, the paper, the, the Wall Street Journal, or listening to the news. Everybody's talking about recession. And is that just President Trump's political opponents trying to undermine him? Or is it something that we, as the consumer and as the investor, should we see it as a threat? Yeah, it's both, right? Obviously, I think the uh, 
the political aspect of it is disingenuous. They're actually trying to scare voters and, and undermine Trump's strongest playing card, which is he's done well for the economy. Uh, but it is a real threat. Of course, the, the um, economic expansion is the longest one ever. So it's kind of tired, right? It's, it's old as it is. It was slow, very slow uh, in terms of expansions. So it didn't get tired quickly. Kind of a marathon runner of expansions. You know, it ran at a steady pace for a long time, but that was a relatively slow pace. It wasn't a sprinter. But um, and that helped because, you know, what happens when the economy sprints forward is that things get out of balance and that leads to a recession. So the slower growth helped keep things uh, you know, more in balance. And it was easier for the Federal Reserve to kind of keep things moving, moving forward, you know, because it wasn't getting out of hand. It wasn't uh, too much craziness going on. But uh, it is a real threat as well. Uh, it's interesting, you know, this time last year. A recession wasn't a real threat, yet the stock market thought it was and went into a you know, a bear market. And so the fourth quarter of last year was a terrible time for the stock market, even though there was no threat. And that, that's a very rare instance. You, you don't usually see uh, kind of a bear market in the midst of a, uh, upturn, an economic upturn. It was all about the Federal Reserve. Investors were concerned about the Federal Reserve. This time, you can see in the economic statistics that things are weakening. Just this morning, it was announced that retail sales in September fell. Uh, previously, it's all been about the manufacturing side of the economy, and that has been weakening steadily, which is not helping uh, President Trump either because he ran on you know, getting manufacturing jobs back, which he succeeded in doing, but then now they're turning against them. Uh, but now it seems like the, econ- the softening in the economy is uh, slipping into the retail, into the consumer side, and that is uh, a bigger threat to uh, because the consumer really does control the economy. The manufacturing side is pretty small. Consumer is pretty big. And so if the consumer starts weakening, we could see a, uh, a recession. I wouldn't think it would be a big one, but it's uh, something we that is you know at hand, something we should be concerned about. And the Federal Reserve is concerned about it as well. All right. With that in mind, now let's just, just uh, I read it was reading recently that, you know, we, you talked about this, this expansion being tired. Now, let me, Australia has got a, you know, their expansion, I think, is now in its 20th plus year. I mean, I can't, they've been right. going consistently yeah. with no recessions in, in the middle of that. Yep. Now, why That's is right. it that we, and, and you mentioned it, I hear it all the time, why do we have to say that a slowing economy predicts us, tells us a recession's coming? Why can't we just have maybe, I don't, the word tired, I get it. But do, can we not accept the fact that maybe we could be in a the type of economic growth that could go for 10, 15, 20 years? Maybe not, as you said, the sprinting type, but just a steady right. long-term runner. What's wrong with that? Well, it, you know, it's never happened before. So well, okay, I get it, uh, but it's so, possible. <laughs> they're suspicious, but it is possible. And actually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened uh, because we're much better at managing our economy uh, than we were you know, 30, 40 years ago when recessions came more frequently and often were deeper. So uh, so the Federal Reserve has learned a lot over that time. And I think that that is one of the reasons why we are currently in the longest one ever. And it may not end. You know, it's, it's, there's a risk of a recession, but we're not in a recession yet. And uh, we just need to be wary of it. And if we do dodge this bullet, and the Fed has taken preemptive action, right? It's, it's cut rates twice, it may cut them again. Uh, if that works, and helps forestall any kind of additional recessionary forces from you know getting going. Well, then we're going to you know we'll see this economy recover, and you may have four or five, six more years to go before you face the next recession. Again, partly because it hasn't been a monstrously uh, you know 
ebullient recovery, right? It's been a slow, steady pace. It's been the marathon runner pace. And so it's easier to manage and easier to control and things don't get, get out of whack as quickly. So yeah, there's, there's a, a good case to be made. And, uh, you know, the, the, when the, everybody believes that we're going into recession, which is what pretty much is the case at the moment, uh, sometimes taking the opposite point of view is a real winning trade. So you might be right about that. Well, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm just thinking like there's a lot to this. And I appreciate what you say. If you just tuned in, my guest is Rusty Leonard. He's a CFA. He's the founder and CEO of Investment Stewardship Partners, an investment counseling corporation. And he gives us an update frequently on the market and the economy. And he always does a great job. And I guess, Rusty, at this stage, when we kind of talk about recession, let me let me ask you, is the trade wars with China kind of the problem that we're having right now? Does this is this kind of the, the kind of a hammer that seems to won't go away? And it, we every time the economy seems to be doing well, we see the hammer coming and bang, it hits the news and we react to it. Is is that a problem? Uh, it's a problem because the it has hurt uh, the manufacturing side of the of the uh, global economy, not just our economy, but China certainly has been really negatively impacted. So it's working from that perspective. Uh, you know, so President Trump's strategy of you know forcing them to the table by hurting them on that, that side of the equation has been successful. Uh, hasn't been fully successful yet because we don't have a fully negotiated uh, trade deal, but it's certainly having the intent, intended effect of hurting their economy. But there is some, some spinoff effects for the U.S. as well and for other countries when China's manufacturing sector gets beat up. And so we're dealing with that. So we're seeing global trade go down. We're seeing the manufacturing sector take the, the biggest brunt of that. And then the big question is, will it spread to the consumer sector? We're seeing some signs of that, early signs that that slowdown in manufacturing is, is rolling over uh, into the consumer sector, which will really determine whether or not we go into a recession or not. So, so that's, the, uh, that's the equation. It's a, it's a big deal. That, that trade issue. And uh, it looks like we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning of it, however. So I think there's some reason for hope on that front. In our last program, you actually talked about that China, sometimes their economic statistics are not always the truth. I mean, we know they can. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just a fact. You talk about that. It, all right. If all of a sudden, and you said that this this trade war had really impacted China. So let me give you this scenario. If that's the case, and all of a sudden we saw that this the crumbling effect of all of that beginning to create some real problems, and the communist government couldn't manage all of that, is that going to affect, I know it impacts their financial market, obviously. Does that impact us and the world? I think initially it would, even though it probably shouldn't, because we actually don't do that much business with China. Again, we're a huge economy, and the uh, you know most of the business we do with China is coming from them to us. Uh, so it's not like our exports are, you know, going over to China. There would be some impact on corporate profits. Uh, so this market would be impacted probably more than our U.S. economy would be because many corporations have businesses in China that make money, and so some of those uh, businesses would start to, you know, suffer and their corporate earnings would would decline. So that may impact the U.S. financial markets a little bit more. But really, China's this monstrous economy that's kind of off by itself, more more or less, and uh, shouldn't have it shouldn't if it goes into a terrible recession a great recession or maybe even a depression which is definitely possible given the amount of debt they have uh it shouldn't have a huge impact on the rest of the world's economies uh, we'll have some but it shouldn't be too huge because mostly they're sending stuff to us we're not sending stuff to them and so we wouldn't see much change on our front uh, that's, that's... but it would affect 
in, in the short run, it would affect the financial markets. It would be uncertainty for a little while, so it would affect us for a little bit. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It's good to know. Now, here's a thought for you, and this, we'll take a break after this question, and I want to come back with one more question. But this is the one I haven't – we hadn't thought about strikes for years. I mean, you know, a strike right. – I mean, it just – you kind of forget that that's something that goes on. All of a sudden, GM is on a strike. So is the – is the labor market beginning to look at this full uh, impl- I mean, I would. If I was working, I'd say, hey, we're at full employment. Them, yeah. yeah, let's raise right. price. Let's raise wage. I mean, waging wages is what should be going on. So now let me take it a little further. Should we expect labor markets to continue? To, I mean, this is going to be we're going to see other strikes coming up in the next 12, 18, 24 months. To me, that's a real push to the economy. What's your take on that? I would not not be surprised at all if we saw that, right? Because everything's lined up for that. And if GM will be fascinating to see what the outcome of the GM strike is. If uh, the union comes away and is viewed as a big winner and uh, really was able to extract a lot of concessions from General Motors, well, then that's going to trigger other uh, unions to think about doing the same thing. And the circumstances, as you mentioned, with the tight labor market are ideal uh, for that, also the the other circumstances is the uh, the trade war and the you know the President Trump's focus on creating jobs here in the U.S. This is exactly and in many ways is what Trump wants. He wants uh, the workers to get better wages. He doesn't want those jobs going overseas. The unions were crushed by you know companies going overseas. Now that he's pulling all the jobs back, it creates an environment for unions to uh, to press their employers for better wages. I guess what I when I come back, I want to talk about the recession. But with the labor strikes, I remember the '70s. We talked about you know slow growth, high inflation. We called that stagflation. Yep. You remember that term, stagflation? Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I do. Yeah, I really I wish do. I didn't. Yeah, I hear you. So when we come back, I want to talk about if we if there. Well, I'm just going to say let's talk about recession and stagflation when we come back. That's the subject. We'll do it briefly. We've got a lot going on today in today's program. If you just tuned in, Ruddy Tullis is coming up after Rusty Leonard. You don't want to miss Ruddy. I just tell you, we're finding out what's the state of the market with all this mess of the political debates, the idea of the tweet. I mean, the tweet's going crazy. It just You can turn it on, and it's just amazing. But we seem to be chugging along pretty good. Stay with us. We'll find out more about the economy and recession coming up with Rusty Leonard. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. We're talking with Rusty Leonard. We're talking about an update on the economy, the market, and Rusty Leonard, of course, is the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council, a frequent guest of ours, does a great job of guiding us through kind of the, what's going on with the economy today. And we've been talking about everything from the stock market very close to all-time highs, and yet it just doesn't want to push higher. It seemed like it's the same as it was in January of 2018. We've talked about the Fed, and we talked about what it's doing as far as unemployment and maybe the coin, you know, some easing there. We've also talked about the idea of the China's economic strife. And is China such a big trade partner with us? Rusty says, no, if China has an economic problem, we might suffer a little, but 
I think Randy said, Rusty says no, shouldn't be a big problem. Here's the question that we're on the table right now. We're talking about GM on strike. We're talking about is that an issue that we'll see maybe full employment such a great thing today and raising wages is are we going to see more strikes? Rusty said that's very much a possibility. Does that create slow growth? And high inflation, a term we used back in the 70s called stagflation. Rusty, my question, where we're headed, if there is a recession, big, little, should we panic? All those questions. That's it. At, at the moment, yeah, there's a lot, a lot we could talk about there. The, uh, at the moment, the uh, recession I would foresee would not be a big one uh, because, again, we haven't kind of boomed on the upside. We haven't had a lot of ridiculous things going on on the economy, you know, frivolous you know, investments and stupid stuff that usually leads to a big downturn. So I would think it would be a relatively minor downturn and one that might, shallow and short be my, my best guess. Um, you know, there's always things that could happen that would make it worse. But at the moment, uh, the U.S. consumer is in great shape. He's making money. He's going on strike and probably getting bigger wages, uh, things of that nature. And the, in the end, it's the U.S. consumer that rules the economy. And so since he's, unless all of a sudden they start losing jobs all over the place, uh, the U.S. consumer you can you know, bail this economy out or keep any kind of slowdown to a minimum. So I'm not thinking that we need to worry about a uh, 2008 Great Recession scenario where the housing market blew up and took down all our, our banks, right? We don't have anything like that. The banking system is sound and strong, and the uh, consumer's finances are not out of whack. So if we do have a slowdown, which we'll eventually going to have it, if it's not soon, it's going to be, you know, somewhere in the future, we're going to have a recession, of course. Uh, they, you know, it'll probably be pretty minor uh, based on what we can see right now. Well, that's good news to know. You always do a great job of walking us through the, the important facts and getting rid of the things that seem to be just noise. And again, we've been talking with Rusty Leonard and an update on the economy. Rusty, thank you so much, sir. Have a wonderful day. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll talk to you again before the year's over. Looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Well, we've been talking with Rusty Leonard, but we're now going to turn the page. And I tell you, one of the best things I can do is interview people like this guy who's dedicated his life to our city in a part of the city that most may not want to be there. But Ronnie has done that. Ronnie Tullis, the uh, Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. Ronnie, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, Ronnie, there's so much going on. I mean, you have been around for a long time. In fact, can you just briefly kind of give me uh, a little bit of the history of the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association? And I don't want to go back to your, you know, way back, but just just the ministry quickly. Okay. Well, we uh, came to Memphis in 1987 from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'd been doing inner city work down there with a, a group called Christians Sharing Christ. And I came up here to go to seminary at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, when I came up, I became CSC's missionary to Memphis. When I graduated in 1991, uh, we incorporated the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. So we've been in the hood for 32 years now. And uh, I like to tell folks that the fishing is good in the hood. <laughs> folks are hungry to hear the Word of God. I like that. I like that. So when you think about it, Ronnie, you've been there for so long and you just had such an impact. But give me the purpose and the mission behind what's really the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. What's that purpose and mission? Well, we uh, 
Our stated purpose for the ministry is to win as many people as possible in as short a time as possible because of the impending return of Jesus Christ. But when I was a little boy, uh, most folks don't know that I've got Tourette's. And uh, I've got three basic ticks now, and I've learned to disguise them in, in my head motions and hand motions and things. And uh, But when I was little, I had it bad. Man, I'd snort and jerk my head and grunt and roll my eyes, and everybody made fun of me. I fought every day. Mm-hmm. People would make fun of me at school, and I'd fight. And uh, I'd get home, and sometimes I'd be bloody from from fighting, and I uh, didn't get any comfort there. My dad was an alcoholic, and he told me, he said, Ronnie, uh, when you do that, you act like a retard. And I'm sorry for using that word, but that's the word he used. And he said, I'm ashamed of you. That's why I don't have any of my friends come over. He said, you can stop that if you want to. He didn't realize that it was a, a physical disease. And so anyway... Uh, He said, if you don't stop that, I'm going to lock you in the closet. So he'd put me in the closet, and I'd get in there and jerk my head and snort and grunt a whole bunch. I'd say, okay, Daddy, I think I can stop. And uh, he'd let me out, and I'd do it again. He'd put me back in there. Well, he was always drunk when he did it, but uh, I'm happy to say he's saved now, and and all that's been forgiven. But I grew up wanting somebody to love me, Mm. somebody just to put their arm around my neck and say, hey, man, I love you, and you're okay with me. And uh, when I was 14, the dope boys moved into town. And uh, they said, hey, you're okay with us. I started doing drugs. I left home when I was 14. I've been on my own since then. And uh, when I was 21 years old, a Baptist preacher came over to my house. And he said, uh, Jesus loves you. I love you. And for the first time in my life, I realized that somebody truly loved me just like I was. And so... uh, From that point, I began to have a dream of having a place where people like I used to be could come in. We could put an arm around their neck, and I tell them and say, hey, I love you, and you're okay with me. And that's what we do at the Inner City Outreach Center. If you just tuned in, my guest is Ronnie Tullis. We're talking about the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. He's involved in the inner city of Memphis, as he said. He's putting some arms around some people and loving on them and telling them about Jesus. You want to listen to the rest of what goes on and what the impact has been down in the midtown, the inner city part of Memphis, the part that maybe you might not be driving down there. You might not be wanting to spend any time. This man has spent his adult life since 1991 involved in leading the, the group of people around what they can do in the inner city outreach. We'll talk about the inner city outreach coming up. Stay tuned to us. We're going to continue to talk with Ronnie Tellus. This is Talk Money. Now, I'm Jim Shoemaker. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Although not everyone fell victim to the yellow fever epidemic that ravaged Memphis in 1878, the city itself did not survive. The picture at that time could hardly be described as anything but grim, as tax revenues fell sharply and the city's ability to pay off its debt grew uncontrollably. Despite stiff opposition from the mayor, a measure to disincorporate the city passed the state senate and house the following year. Memphis then ceased to exist as a chartered city and was made a taxing district under the authority of a council of nine members, only four of whom were popularly elected. Under the new administration, taxes were raised, the old debt was paid off, and the council began to fund badly needed improvements to the district. 
Yet, as the new life was beginning to return to the local economy, a shadow was cast over these improvements in the form of widespread corruption, embezzlement, and nepotism. Though such losses to the district's coffers were easily covered by strict fines on gambling, the ongoing problems in the district arrangement made it clear that such a system of local government could not last forever. In the following years, mayoral government was restored and Memphis became a prosperous city once again. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I'm talking with uh, a guy that has just really dedicated his life to Memphis. His name's Ronnie Tullis. He is the president and founder of Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. And as you know, we do this occasionally where we bring people that we feel that are having an impact on our city. We love our city. We, we love what the city stands for and all the things that are good about it. But there are things that are not so good. And we try to bring those people into the studio that are having impacts and doing things that a lot of people need to know about. And Ronnie Tullis is one person need to know about. Ronnie, one of the things I want you to do, you talked about your dad and drugs and disappointment in life and those things. Go back and just just help me go through really the story that really God allowed to happen in your life. And so many people look and say, well, why is this so bad? Why is this? You know, we, we go back to Joseph, uh, you know, and, and his life, all the trials mm-hmm. and tribulations that Joseph had. And yet he says, what you meant for bad, God meant for good. And it's almost like in your story, what some people may have thought was bad and locking you up in a closet, God had something in store for you, and it has definitely had an impact on a lot of people. Tell us about that. Well, I tell guys uh, on the streets all the time, especially gang members, I tell them, you know, it's not God's will for you to be out there gangbanging, being a thug, doing all the dirty work that you're doing. But when you come to Jesus and you give him your your present and your future as well as your past, he'll take what the devil's meant for evil and turn it around for good. And God has done that in my life, and he's allowed me to be able to look at folks and love them uh, no matter where they are. I mean, we'll go up to somebody, to an alcoholic whose teeth are rotten and his breath makes you want to throw up, you know, and put our arm around their neck and look him in the eye and say, man, I love you and you're okay with me. One night I was on the streets, and uh, there were three great big old tall guys. Could have played ball for the uh, University of Memphis. And uh, I told them they had, I'd led them to Christ. And uh, I said, before you leave, I want to tell you something. And I reached up and pulled the first one down uh, to my level. I said, man, I love you and you're okay with me. I want you to know that. And he grinned real big and raised his head up. And the other two were standing there leaning over, sticking their necks out so I could hug their necks. And uh, folks just want somebody to love on them. But, you know, Ronnie, that's now now listen to me. This is important for people to understand and for me to understand. This is Ronnie Tullis downtown in the inner city, a preacher, a God-fearing man sharing Jesus with, as you said, the thugs or the, you know, the dope guys, the drunkards or the. OK, I get it. Do you ever feel concerned about your life? I mean, you know, I mean, here we're talking about this is not your um, bedroom community we're talking about. Well, I've been shot at. I've uh, had drug dealers run me down with a car and try to kill me. 
And I knocked me up over the hood, and I bounced off the windshield. And I've had guns and knives pulled on me uh, quite a few times. And uh, uh, But this is the thing. In Acts 17, the Scripture says that God has before appointed the bounds of our habitation. And all the bad guys in Memphis can't kill me until God gets ready for me to die, and all the doctors can't save me when God gets ready for me to die. So I don't really claim to be tough or courageous or anything like that. I just know that God's in control of this thing. You know, and I guess that's what I'm I'm so appreciative of you. Each step you take, God's there. Amen. I mean, you can say that very, very openly and bluntly. Uh, you're not moving around. I mean, we're all we all struggle with things. And, you know, raising money is one of the things that every ministry has is an is a mm-hmm. issue. I appreciate what you said to me when we were talking downstairs. The reality is you pray for what God, you know, needs to provide, what people need to step out and do. And then you just go to the mailbox and yes. see what God's going to do. And I appreciate that because to me, being in the ministry you know, is where you do see you never want to be endowed because all of a sudden, you know, you don't have to depend on God. But when you go to the mailbox and God's who's sitting, you know, putting the mail there in the mailbox, basically, yeah. he's the mailman, really. Uh, that's allowing God to be in charge. And listen to me. I want to make sure everybody knows if you wanted to make a contribution, you can do that. Go, You can go online to www.rtea. That's the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association.net. You can do it that way. Or you can call Beth McDaniel at uh, 355-9165. 355-9165. Talk to Beth. Find out how you want to be a volunteer. Because there are so many things that you do, Ronnie. This is not a one-man show. That's You've right. got a ton of stuff going on. Guide us through some of the things that, that are really happening. I mean, you need you need volunteers, but you've got, I mean, the Outreach Center, Miracle Baptist, Promised Land Camp, Miracle All of this is not just happening because Ronnie Tullis and Susan Tullis get up in the morning and start working. you got a lot of people working. Yeah, that's right. Well, there are four uh, full-time employees with the ministry. Uh, My son, Luke, runs Inner City Outreach Center. He's the director there, and he also preaches at Miracle Baptist Church when I'm out of town preaching or if I'm out of pocket. And uh, my wife is our financial secretary, and Miss Beth is uh, the volunteer coordinator and and event coordinator. And uh, so there are four of us. We have some wonderful volunteers. We thank God for them. Uh, They are uh, such a blessing. Some uh, ladies that come down and work on Thursday. On Thursday, we have our Life Source Ministry, which is our big discipleship uh, day. We have men and women that come in, and and, uh, we try to train them and help them and get them plugged into other ministries that have jobs training, uh, GED uh, 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 programs, that sort of thing. And a lot of our folks who have come through the life source now are working and uh, taking care of their families. And, and uh, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we do a lot of evangelistic events also. And one of the deep needs we have is follow-up. People have always asked me, well, what about follow-up? We're doing all that four people can do. Uh, Since 1987, we've seen almost 58,000 folks ask Jesus to save them. And so uh, we need folks to come in and mentor and and, uh, train folks in the Word of God. And so we're always looking for somebody to help. If you're interested in being a volunteer, you can call, and that's you, you can call basically just this is the lady that's going to help you get started, and she's good at it. Beth McDaniel, 355-9165, 355-9165. When we come back, I want to find out lambs. 
lambs. Yeah. I, to me, I love the name for one, but I want people to understand what lambs stands for. Okay. okay? When we come back here, if you're just tuned in, my guest is Ronnie Tullis of the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. He is involved downtown. As he said, he's been shot at, knives have been pulled at him, on him. He's been run over by cars. Bottom line is, this is a man dedicated to sharing Jesus with people who need to hear the story of a life-changing event that took place almost 2,000 years, over 2,000 years ago with the death of Christ and what he's done to change lives. Thank you so much for that, the death and the resurrection. I want to make sure I get the resurrection in there. All right, just stay with us because when we come back, more with Ronnie Tullis, and we'll find out what does lambs mean. It's not a little bitty four-legged animal. You'll find out in a second. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. I'm talking with Ronnie Tullis, the Ronnie Tullis Evangelistic Association. He's sharing with us what's going on downtown, what he's doing. This is a man that has, for over 30 years, talked about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's talking about uh, being a person, a young person, uh, where his dad was an alcoholic. He got into drugs as a teenager, a disappointing life, and God had something in store for him. He ended up in Memphis, Tennessee at seminary, Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary over on uh, uh, Appling, and all of a sudden God began to move him, and he saw his ministry in the inner city of Memphis, Tennessee, and we as a city have been blessed because this man has been involved at 361 South Orleans. That's the that's the inner city outreach center. You need to know about that. He's going to tell us more about that later coming on in the program. But before we went to break, I mentioned lambs. Now, you everybody, as soon as I said that, you thought of the beautiful little four-legged animal. That's, I get that. I understand that. But I want you to hear what lamb stands for when it comes to the Ronnie Tullis Association. Ronnie. Okay, lambs is uh, our children's ministry uh, during the Life Source uh, Bible study on Thursday, and it stands for Living As My Bible Says. And uh, we have just a herd, and, and I think that's appropriate for when we're talking about lambs. <laughs> a herd of lambs. There may be a flock. <laughs> but, but we have a, a flock of lambs on Thursday, and uh, they are so sweet. And our ladies come in and, and uh, teach them, and, and they learn Bible verses. And, and a lot of them, uh, it's the only love they get, brother. That's, that's... I, I mean, it really is. I taught a, a children's Bible study when I first started at Claiborne Home. 32 years ago, and one day a little boy came in, and he ran through and disrupted everything, and uh, finally about the fourth round, I caught him, (laughs) and I started praying for him, telling him, man, I love you, I love you, and all of a sudden, he just, "Ah," and relaxed and put his head into my shoulder and started crying, and and, uh, I loved on him for a minute, and when I let go of him, I looked, the kids were lined up around the wall in the building in line for me to hug them just too. To hug them. They were just wanting somebody to love them. Yeah, and that you know that is we we take that for granted. Yeah, and this is a group that maybe doesn't get that on a regular basis. You've right. seen that over. That took place thirty years ago, and now what I liked about what's going on with the Ronnie Tullis ministry is bottom line is you're now seeing people cycle back oh, that yeah. you touched thirty years ago <laughs> that are coming back and helping. Yeah, they're coming back and they're bringing their children in. As a matter of fact, a guy came in. 
uh, not long ago, a few years ago, and said, uh, Brother Ronnie, you raised me down here. If it wasn't for you, I'd be locked up or dead right now. Mm. And uh, now him and his family are coming in, and uh, I was able to lead one of his boys to Jesus the other day. And so wow. he's my spiritual grandson now. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great story. Let me ask you, you know, if, well, let me say this to the listeners. If, if you want to be a part of what's going on downtown in the Outreach Center, just simply call Beth McDaniel, 355-9165, 355-9165. If you want to go online, just simply www dot r-t-e-a that's ronnie tullis evangelistic association just the letters r-t-e-a dot net ronnie the 32nd annual happy birthday jesus christmas party that's december the 14th at 10 o'clock at the outreach center what's yes. going to go on well we'll have uh kids come in from all over we've had as many as 250 children at one time and uh it is organized pandemonium from the time they get there we have games we have uh puppet shows uh we sing uh we have a uh, birthday cake and ice cream from bluebell and uh, we have uh, stockings and candy and toys that we give to them, and all the kids leave and uh, have a sack full of toys and candy and stockings. And for some of them, brother, it's the only Christmas they get. And that's what's the miracle about it. I mean, it's just a, a great, great opportunity to touch people. Ronnie, if if I could, I think there's so much going on. We could talk for another hour. The reality is, what do you see is the needs and how is the is the association working in, in this point? And, and yet we've only got a few seconds left. What do you want the people to know? I want them to know that uh, we're on the front lines and we're in an area that uh, most people don't care about. But uh, God is doing a great work. Lives are being changed. Uh, last four heads of the gangster disciples were saved. One of them's a preacher now mm. through the ministry that God's called us to. And uh, God has done things that you can't buy for a million dollars. If folks want to come down and be a part of it, they can uh, see the same thing that we've been seeing. And you know, this is the this is the miracle of what you've been doing, and I so much appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, brother. You've been listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guests, Rusty Leonard and Ronnie Tullis. If you'd like to know more information from about the Ronnie Tullis ministry, go to www.rtea.net, or you can call him at 901-355-9165. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go ahead and search them on, the YouTube, on iTunes at Shoemaker Financial. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.